Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've also got a festivals page and our recently added FPIA 2022 page where you can keep up with all the competition. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click submit a show to complete the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we'll share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? Well, you can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I am getting to talk to uh, our guest who does it all. Stand-up, improv, acting, writing, and I'm sure I'm forgetting something from that list. Uh, she co-founded the all-Asian-American improv troupe, Y'all We Asian. I don't think I've ever said it out loud. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Uh, that's not funny. It's just a dumb... <laughs> Dumb fact that I decided yeah. to derail my introduction for. Uh, she is the winner of Austin Chronicle's Best of Austin's Critics Pick. And I know I'm going to screw this up because I did it when I introduced another guest who had this award. She is a winner of two B. Iden Payne Awards. My troop is. My improv troop oh, is. Her troop is. Yes. <laughs> she is the original co-founder of Disoriented Comedy and all-female stand-up comedy tour, and I really, really debated whether to put the almost in there, but I thought that would invite too many questions, so I went with all, and we'll talk about that uh, during the conversation. She's the creator and star of the Uncomfortable web series, which if you have not checked it out, you absolutely need to. It is hilarious. Uh, She also has a new showcase on the first and third Saturdays called Oh Wow Nighttime, built off of her uh, one-minute monologue that she used to do on Instagram and TikTok. And now, with that long introduction completed, Comedy Wham presents our guest, Yola Lou. Hey, thank Hi. you. Oh my gosh. I like didn't realize how much Comedy Wham did until you <laughs> said the intro. I was like, this is phenomenal. Like, I didn't know you guys had a festivals page. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, we try to be a resource for everyone. And yes, we are, I am painfully aware how people don't realize how much we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I'll have people that will say, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast, or uh, I didn't even know you had a website, but they'll know about the events page. And it's like, right. how do you think this works? <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. I, do, you, do you manage it all by yourself? No, I, I do manage a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But my, my web programmer, Richard, is like behind the scenes, super fan of comedy as well, but oh, he nice. just does not like any attention. Uh-huh. So he used to do interviews, but he now just loves doing all of the website stuff. Oh, that's cool. So he's what has made the events page like mm-hmm. really pop, and he keeps redesigning it. And I think wow. his latest look is so good. 
I have to look it up because I haven't checked it out recently. Yeah. 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 He, he works really hard on making the survey super easy on mm-hmm. people too. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then and we you have just, a really good team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the whole Austin Chronicle thing was just how we, like, I have known about you for years because uh-huh. I've seen you do stand up multiple mm-hmm. times, but getting like our actual introduction for the Austin Chronicle article was yeah. like really cool. And I'm like, okay, I'm talking to Yola for this Austin Chronicle article, but I really need to talk to her for my podcast yeah. because... You have done so much. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I feel like I do honestly too much. Um, I feel like I'm spread thin in every area and I haven't been able to like focus on like a certain thing. But um, I am trying to like start focusing on like uh, I'm, I'm trying to produce like a new web series actually. Oh. Um, so I have it written. I did a table read. I'm in the process of interviewing directors right now. And, um, I think, uh, I have some like really good candidates for like the directors, but I'm trying to shoot it this year if possible. Um, and it's like, it's actually very different than my previous web series, um, where the other one was kind of like short vignette vignettes, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just like was like almost like a sketch, like a mini sketch, like it, yeah, in itself. But when I was submitting it to a bunch of festivals, like and for places for like trying to do like distribution, like they were telling me they wanted like uh, something with like a consistent storyline through throughout. And then so I wrote something this time where it's like very very personal to me mm-hmm. and like. Um, I'm also going through a divorce right now. Oh. Like I'm like still in the middle of it. Like paperwork is waiting to get finalized. So it's kind of about like my um, like post dating life and yeah. everything. And then following like how I'm trying to manage like dating. Cause I kind of uh, became like a hoe. Can I say hoe? <laughs> like on this? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, of all the words. <laughs> most people say can i say fuck <laughs> but i love it yes it's yes okay whatever language okay. you want to use it's fun okay my mom is deaf she can't hear us and okay. my son is playing video games upstairs okay. so you're okay. fine <laughs> okay yeah i kind of became i had like a little ho season mm. afterwards like yeah. when i was still in seattle and then so a lot of like the stories are kind of about like this like the char- different characters i met along the way of of this and then um they're like me getting into these like really like sticky situations because like I can't say no like as a person I also have a very hard time saying no to oh things gosh. and then so it's like it that's like the thread kind of throughout that like I get into all these situations because I can't seem to say no to people huh. yeah so it's um it is very uh it's like, it is very personal and it's, I'm trying to actually like intertwine like stand up and, um, film like a filmed story yeah. into it. So the stand up is like the narration and then it like narrates the rest of the story throughout. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm super excited about it. Like, I think it should be a lot of fun, but that's, that's like the thing that I'm like kind of focusing on yeah. right now. Yeah. 
that's going to be super uh, therapeutic when you're starting to look at the filming of it and mm-hmm. the actors. Yeah. Are you planning on acting in I'm it? I'm planning to star in it. Okay. Because oh, I, it's yeah. going to be extra therapeutic. Yes, I think so. Wow. So I think it's like... And like one of the reasons like I'm doing it is because like I like I do have an agent in town, but I feel like I haven't been getting booked that mm-hmm. often. And then it's like it's other people that are asking to book like other friends that I know that are like booking me for their short films or yeah. like whatever like their feature films. Like that's been how I've been getting like everything. Um, but I was like, if I'm not getting booked, I should try to like write my own story yeah. and film it so that I could actually like actually put myself out there and play the roles that I actually want to play because I did have somebody like tell me that like, it's probably really hard for me, going to be hard for me to get like commercials because I don't have a very castable face is what they said. (laughs) And then I was like, that has just like been sitting with me for a while because I'm just like, you mentioned that when we talked in May. Yeah. So So, obviously it's like father lives with me and stuff. Yeah. So, um, I've just been, uh, but I get mostly like commercial auditions because like that is a lot of the stuff you get in Austin. Yeah. Um, less like film stuff, unless if you're like with a huge agent that is like getting you like roles from LA and everything too. Um, so, um, it's been, it's been really, uh, tough, like trying to do acting here. I feel like it's like... Cause I don't get a lot of auditions to begin with. And then like the ones that I do get, it's like, I get like maybe like I've been getting more recently. So it's like between like two and five a month or something. And maybe that's actually considered very good. But yeah. when people say like, Oh, you need to submit for like 50 to a hundred things to get like one. Yes. Jeez. And then I'm just like, okay, like I don't even get 50 auditions a year <laughs> and stuff. So I'm just like waiting. I'm just like waiting and counting down like when I'm going to hit 50 auditions yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to make your own way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's been kind of like how I've done everything in my career. It has been like trying to pave like my, and build my own community yeah. and stuff because sometimes it feels like it's, like hard to, f- I, I feel like I have really bad, like social anxiety mm-hmm. as do, I'm pretty sure a lot of comedians that you've talked to. Mm-hmm. And then so, but sometimes like, I just feel like I like don't fit in necessarily like with the comedy scene sometimes like, and it's really just because like, I feel like very awkward and scared. And mm-hmm. I think everybody's like really cool and I feel really intimidated around people yeah. And then, but I feel like I have like started finding like my group of people and stuff. And then, so, um, that has also been very nice. Um, but it took me like a really, I feel like a long time. Cause I've been in Austin for like eight or nine years now okay. and stuff. And then, I mean, minus the pandemic time, which I don't know if we count those <laughs> anymore, but I was like in Seattle during that time. Cause that's where I'm originally from. Okay. Yeah. And then, so I just, um. Like, yeah, so I mostly have always tried, like, building my own, like, projects and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yola. Yes. We're going to go backwards in time Ooh. a little bit. And I'm actually going to, even though we've had great conversations so far, I have an official icebreaker question. Oh, yes. You ready? Yes. One word to describe your past. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is... <laughs> 
Especially because you're also catching me in the middle of doing like a lot of intensive therapy oh, right gosh. now. Um, I would probably say, oh man, <laughs> my therapist would probably say it's traumatic mm-hmm. because she recently diagnosed me with like PTSD, which I was like, oh, I did not agree with because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't remember any trauma. Like, I don't know any trauma in my yeah. life, but, but I would also, I guess like, I guess I would probably say like forgiveness hmm. is something that like describes my past because um, if I was like dealing with like Trump, like some sort of trauma in my life, like I have forgiven like my parents and I've forgiven um, like the people that abused me and stuff hmm. like that. Like, so like I uh, have just like gone past it, like people that like, hurt me or harmed me and stuff like that. Um, I've like, um, something that I've learned in, uh, my, like, I'm going through like an intensive outpatient program right now for like my mental health. And something that I learned in there was like radical acceptance, which is like, like just accepting things that you cannot change in your life. Uh And then instead of like mulling over it and trying to fight it and stuff. And I do like, it was also like, I had, uh, these, like, such this problem, like, even with my divorce, too, where, like, I kind of, like, was not accepting the fact that I was, like, going through a divorce, Mm -hmm. which was, like, why it's been going on for such a long time, because it would take me so long to, like, submit the papers, like, and everything, and then, so, like, I finally was, like, okay, I just need to accept that this is happening, like, my ex has moved on, and like I am moving on and everything and then like he moved to a whole nother state now to be with like a new girlfriend and everything and like and he's like apparently finally happy in his life now (laughs) and then so I'm just like I can't take that away from him and stuff and then so I'm just like trying to accept this reality so like yeah, so it's either like acceptance or forgiveness, mm-hmm. I think, would be like what would describe my past. Yeah. I feel like we I feel like we just got very ther- therapy. Yeah, we in, did. In, in <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. That happens a lot in, <laughs> in the conversations. Um uh I feel a lot of empathy uh with you because like going through my own divorce, which has now been like ten plus years, uh-huh. like I'm, I have a very robot brain, so I just, okay, this is what's happening now, move on, I need to, you know, buy groceries, okay, move on, Mm -hmm. I need to, oh, okay, well, he's remarried now, Yeah. and okay, that's fine, and then there's this whole long uh, traumatic part of that too, but um, not, I should not have said it that way, he, he passed away from cancer, so, yeah. So it was just a very traumatic impact to our family, even though, you know, I was of no course. longer married to him, but he's the father of, of my child. And yeah. it's it's interesting hearing you that acceptance is something that you have to um, build on. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, it's like, well, my robot brain says, well, this is the card that I was dealt. Yeah. So like, what am I going to do? Right. I can't change it. Yeah. So. I mean, it sounds like that's kind of a way of acceptance and everything too yeah and everything which is like which is great like i'm glad but it shuts down a lot of emotion about it too which is not so great 
do you find yourself like still sometimes like grieving over it because maybe you didn't like take the, because like that was like the thing for me. And I also talk about in my web series that like when we broke up, like I immediately downloaded like the dating apps and everything because like, I like, I like realized like I like can't really stand being alone Uh. and stuff. And I was like, we were together for like almost eight years Mm -hmm. And then so I didn't realize like how much I relied on another person, like just being around all the time. Like I like underestimated how much I liked just being able to be like, you want to go get food and Mm. go like eat together, have always have plans and stuff like that. And then so like I like immediately jumped into dating afterwards. And then so it's been like really hard to like try to, like get over um the divorce because like I feel like when I have like downtime like I start like thinking about my divorce and everything and then just like I just start bawling Mm. and then even though it's been like we started this divorce process like a year ago and stuff so it's like it is weird that it's like it's still taking so long but my therapist was telling me she was like because you never actually sat down with your emotions for this and then so I was like yeah that's true (laughs) and then so it makes everything a lot harder so I think that's like the because I'm kind of like how you're doing it is except I was hoeing around real hard (laughs) and stuff but like and then but like I like didn't like take care of my actual life like I was just like how many dates can I go on this week and stuff yeah. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. No, I was my my hoeing around was going to comedy shows. That was literally really? my therapy. Oh my gosh, going to laugh because yeah. I didn't want to deal with those emotions of right. the divorce. So I would just go to as many comedy shows as I could. Wow. Yeah, that's how this whole thing started. Is you know the divorce, then going to a ton of comedy shows, then wanting to know the people who I was uh-huh. watching. Yeah, and you know here we are. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> That's, thank yeah. God for your divorce. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know how it, it went, but yeah. But yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's interesting because like I do have a joke now about like my divorce and everything. And then for certain audiences, like whenever I say like I'm going through a divorce, like they cheer uh-huh. and everything because they're like, yeah, yeah. so like fuck marriage and all this <laughs> and stuff. And then other people that are like, oh, like, and they would like actually like feel yeah. some sort of sympathy for yeah. you and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, going into the, the comedy aspect of your life, was comedy something that played a role in your, your life growing up? Yeah, I think so. Like I, um, like, so my parents were actually, like, really religious, like, mm-hmm. um, super, super religious growing up. And then, so they actually did, like, sermon type stuff. And, um, like, every time, like, both my mom and my dad, especially my dad, would, like, give, like, little, like, speeches. Like, he would always, like, make the audience, like, laugh a lot. Uh-huh. And that was always something that I, like, found to be very proud and then, like, I was always kind of, like, um, like the funniest of my friend group, mm-hmm. I guess. And then, because, like, I felt like I was never, like, considered, like, a hot person or, like, a pretty person. Like, nobody ever wanted to date me when I was younger. Huh. 
and stuff. And then like, so I really relied on like being funny to kind of like be, get accepted into, into things yeah. and stuff. And then, um, I, uh, like I didn't get into stand up until I started stand up in 2011. And that's when I graduated from, um, college. I went to the University of Washington, Seattle. And um, my boyfriend at the time was like, I told him, I was like, I'm going to sign up for this like stand-up class. And he was like, no, like everybody already thinks you're such a weirdo and you're just going to (laughs) make, you're just going to come out as even more weird. Uh Like you just like stand, you're going to make yourself stand out too much and everything. Like he was like very terrified of like me embarrassing myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then Um, we ended up breaking up, not because of that, but like we ended up breaking up and then he actually came, it was like him and my mom and my sister that came to like my first like showcase, which was like my class showcase. And, um, like I did super well, (laughs) like I, I was probably the only person that night that like killed it. And, um, my boyfriend or my ex-boyfriend at afterwards like actually was like I'm so sorry like I doubted you like you're actually really funny and you should like continue doing this is like what he had said but I was just like I don't know that I probably that was probably like a peak high for me (laughs) and stuff and I was like I peaked too too early (laughs) and it was like because you always want like people to be like I was wrong and whatever, but I was just like, but that didn't feel as like satisfying for some reason (laughs) as I thought it would be for somebody to admit that they're wrong. (laughs) Seattle's a huge comedy scene. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Around that time. I mean, the most prominent name that I can think of is Ron Funches. It was huge in that that Seattle scene. Yeah. And isn't Fortune Feimster? I don't, she was not from Seattle from what I, like from what I remember, but Ron definitely was. And I'm trying to think of like, I guess like he's probably like one Jeff Dye, if you know who he yeah, is. Like yeah. he's also originally from Seattle. Um, Andrew Slater, who um, he maybe is a little less well known, but mm-hmm. he's also been on like late night shows and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lives in California now. But those are probably like our biggest. Kelsey Cook is also oh, okay. from. Um, she originally is from Spokane, but she was in the Seattle scene okay. for a while. She comes yeah. through here fairly regularly. Yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. And she's like, she's, she's really big. blown up. Yeah. Like, I I would probably say she's probably the biggest mm. one we have out of Seattle yeah. besides Ron. Yeah. Yeah. So after and that. And Hari Kondabulu is also oh, from okay. Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a big name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So after you finished that class and that, that graduation night showcase, yeah. how, how, what did you do after that? Um, I started going to open mics afterwards because I was like, oh, I guess this is like the next step that you're yeah. supposed to do. And I did my exact same set, but I just, I ate shit. Oh. Like, and part of it was probably because there was only like four people in the audience. Oh, yeah. And then, so it was just like, but it like made me feel really bad <laughs> about oh. like my set. Yeah. But like after I was done, I, um, with that set, like, like my entire life trajectory changed like I all I wanted to do was like I love this like I want to do stand-up and then so I wanted to like do the very like stereotypical thing where you like quit your job or you quit your whatever Mm -hmm. and then you go and become like like I literally quit became an admin at like a PR agency and Mm -hmm. I was like I was trying to study um 
I was trying to get into like technology PR when I was in college. Like for some reason, that was like my dream (laughs) to be like a PR person. And then so I didn't like just as a backup, I was like, I'll become an admin at this um, PR company. And if it doesn't work out, like then maybe I could like try to climb the ranks like in the PR company because I do have like school background and internships and everything. So it would be like easy for me to get in. And then um, I just like, I did it for a little bit. And then I just like, I was like, oh, I can't survive on $13 an hour, like living in like, even though I was like living with my parents, like in Seattle, it was still like, I just like, my lifestyle was like, I just like eating out too much Mm. and everything. It was like making it very hard to like, to be able to like hang out with people. And then, um, cause I was like, I was paying for things like my car payment and like, uh, which was like super expensive at the time. And then, um, trying to like give some money to my parents for rent. Yeah. And then it just like was not enough money to like, um, sustain myself. And then, so I was like, I had to go and get like a real job. And I ended up being like, um, a, going to a consulting company Hmm. because that's where like my friends were working at and they recommended me. And then, so, cause I was like telling myself that I would like do the admin thing. I would hustle super hard for like a year and then move to like either LA or New York with the, at the time having it be New York. And then, but it was just like this whole time I've just been feeling like, Oh, I'm not ready for it and stuff. And then, so it's been like really hard. Cause like, I've like talked to some people there too. And they were saying like the open mics really suck there. And there's like no real audiences. Like you have to kind of already be an established name to like do well in these like cities Mm. and stuff. Otherwise, like you're just on like some really shitty, like pay to play shows and stuff or bringer shows. Um, And then, so I was just like, I don't know if I'm like ready to, to do that. And then, so, but then I like went into consulting and then that kind of ended up taking over my life for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it was like, when I was like hustling really hard, it was like so crazy because I would, um, sometimes like not have time to even like, uh, go home. So I would sleep in my like office's parking lot and stuff because like that, that was, my office was like really close to a different comedy club at the time. So I would just like bring my chain of clothes in the car and then I would like walk there and then I would try to network a lot with the other comics. So I would stay and I would drink till really late and then I would like not be able to oh drive home. Gosh. So I would just like stay, sleep in my car and then wake up the next day and then go and in, back into work oh and my stuff. Gosh. And then so that was like, that was kind of like my life at the time. And then that burned me out yeah. like really hard. Yeah. Like I just like couldn't do it at all. And then so, so. which did you give up? I like ended up, I never like gave up like comedy because, um, I just loved it so much. So I still like kept on doing it, but I just like ended up becoming like super busy all the time. Like just trying to do comedy and my full, like a Mm full-time career. And then like, I didn't want to give up my career because it was like, I felt like I finally did something that my parents were actually proud of and stuff, which was like, cause I was like, I'm the first person in my family to go to college and like the first person to graduate and everything. And then, um, my family was like super poor growing up. So I've always like been wanting to start working pretty soon. And then, so I was like, like trying to hustle as hard as I can, like while I was in college to like get part-time jobs and internships and everything. And then, 
um, which was actually why I decided to do comedy because I felt like I missed out on doing stuff like during my um, time in school. And then so I like made a bucket list of like everything that I like wanted to do. And stand-up comedy was like one of the things on the bucket list. Ah. And then so I just didn't expect to like fall in love with it so much. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Um, You, I I thought that improv was your first. Mm -mm. Um, I like, I, um, okay. So to be honest, like I kind of hate improv. Oh no. But... (laughs) I love my group in the community. Uh-huh. And then, so that's why I kind of have stayed with, I've stayed in it uh-huh. and everything because like, I like the people in there yeah. and like the, my improv troupe is like the closest thing that I have to like a comedy family mm-hmm. here. And then so like, and I like doing our shows, but like whenever I get asked and I'm maybe after this comes out, I'll never get asked to do other <laughs> improv shows, which is fine. But like, but when I get asked to like sit in with other people and uh-huh. stuff like that, sometimes I'm just like, I forgot improv. Like what is, what is um, funny and stuff. And then like, because like I've been doing improv for like seven years and I just feel like I've like gotten worse like oh, no. over the years and stuff. So I actually went back to Coal Town Theater and took, um, a level three class Uh because it had an instructor that I was like really like really a big fan of and then so I like and also like something about like doing um all the stuff for like my improv troupe just like started feeling like like we're growing so fast that it feels like we're becoming like this like business or we're operating like a business and then so part of me hasn't felt like that's been very fun Mm. anymore like part part of me is just like I just want to like meet up on a weekly basis, like have fun with my friends, like do stupid make ups and stuff like that, and then get ready for our monthly show. And then it's like, we've been um, just like growing so much. Like we um, have been asked to do like a bunch of corporate shows this year and that like actually, and people are willing to pay pay our rate, which like I think is kind of very high <laughs> and stuff, but people are just like, okay. Those corporate like, gigs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And just the stand-ups who talk about doing corporate gigs are like, this funded me for, you know, months. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, we even had um, Willie Nelson's ranch, like the luck reunion people reach out to us yeah. about stuff. And then I was just like, like, they were like, what's your rate? And we, I, I, it took everything from me to be like, we would do it for free. <laughs> you know, like we would, we want to go to your ranch so yeah. bad. And it was like, and then, so that's like really, like, we've just been getting like really cool opportunities and like people like, and we're also trying to build like a community, but like to do all of this, like you need to like have like business structures and processes yeah. in place. Like we have all these like run books now and we have like, a secretary and we have like people that are in charge like leads of like these projects and it's just like starting to become like this little business and stuff which is great because we never thought it was gonna um like when me and Kim started this like we never thought this was gonna like go this far and everything and now it's like we are just like getting asked to do like super cool stuff and we sell out like really like pretty early like at least like two sometimes like two, three days in advance for our shows and stuff, which we don't even like promote anymore either. And it's just like, we just like have like a fan base now and stuff. And then, so that has been, that has been my thing with like improv. Like I, 
I don't, I haven't had a lot of joy performing unless if it's been with my improv troupe because we actually rehearse and stuff. And we have like this great audience that comes to see us every month. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and it's just like, they're, they're really ready to laugh all the time and stuff. So it's like such a fun, like ego boosting show and everything. And then, um, you should totally come out sometime. Like I will get you a comp and everything. Like if you and your son want to come, like we're not super clean, so I don't know like He's how you're. 16. Oh, okay. He's been watching comedy with me for years. So oh, okay. He, yeah, okay. He can yeah. handle it all. Yeah, like our our show is actually like very fun. Like a lot of people like have come up to us saying like, like I've seen some improv shows and they really suck, and you guys like <laughs> have like a really good show on your hands, and it's like okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, like that's how. I feel about improv and stuff, but like there is like a, like sometimes like it takes a while to get into this like flow state of it where you feel so comfortable, like making moves and doing all these things. And it's just so hard to like find that flow state. But when I do find it, then I find it to be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I like started at Cold Town. Um, No, actually I started at Fallout. Okay. And I ended up quitting their level one class because there were people in the class that were very sexually inappropriate like just um they and then I was I just like had such a bad taste in my mouth after that class because it was just like so like it was this like mother and son duo (laughs) That was, like, taking the class together, and then, like, the mom would just, like, say, like, super, like, immature, like, not immature, um, inappropriate things to, like, the men in the class, like, offering them sexual favors and, like, doing certain, like, doing certain things, like, making very um, crude scenes and stuff, like, making people act out, like, sex scenes and, like, certain things, and then so... There was like a pretty big fight at the end of class when we all went out and then we were because like she was like propositioning other men like after when we went to the bar and then people were just like finally putting their foot down. I was like, we're not doing this. And I was just like, I'm not taking any more improv classes. Wow. And then so um, my, yeah. Was this before the whole? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was when it was was still the new movement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, culture. But, but I also just like, didn't like, I felt like I didn't know the community enough yet to even mm. like know who to go to yeah. and like say, say like, Hey, I'm having these issues. And now every class has like a sexual harassment form and everything that you have to like sign and read before you okay. like go to, um, do these things. But that's why I was like, I'm like not taking improv anymore. And then I ended up like buying my um, ex-husband at the time, like he was my boyfriend at the time, like um, a level one class for Cold Town's mm-hmm. improv thing because it was only like a hundred dollars during their Christmas sale, and then so I was like, "Here, you need to go out and make more friends and stuff." <laughs> and then so I like saw his improv performance, and um, they had it was like their opener, which was like his teacher and another person doing a duo. Um, they did the best improv even till like now that I've like ever seen like I was like in my head I was like this has to be scripted like there's no way Uh, that they like could be so in tuned with each other and like know exactly what's coming up next and it was just like like because they've been working together for so long 
Um, it was, they're called Miller and Purcelli. They're not really, they're not together anymore, but they were so good. And that's why I was like, I need to take an improv class again. And that's how I ended up getting back into improv and like doing stuff at Cold Town and everything. Um, so that was, um, that was really, um, and that's how I've like kind of like found a community because like Cold Town has been so supportive of like my comedy career and giving me like opportunities and like mainstream show, main stage shows and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, like they've just always been super supportive. Um, so like that's why I've kind of like stuck with them for so long because like, um, like I guess they just like me, (laughs) but yeah, which is nice. (laughs) You also seem like a very loyal person, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the loyalty to your family and, you know, wanting to to be successful, have your family be proud of you through your yeah. milestones, loyal to this venue that yeah. took care of you. Yeah. Like I consider Cold Town my home theater and yeah. everything because like they, they have like honestly given me more opportunities than I could have like ever like thanked yeah. them for and stuff. Like they're like, Oh Wow Nighttime is actually produced through Cold Town huh. and stuff. So um, they like asked me to like, um, do the the show the stand-up show for them and everything mm-hmm. and then so which has been going okay yeah like <laughs> it's like the so it's held at the violet crown clubhouse which is okay. like a very small venue like it seats like 40 people okay. and like the most i've had is like 30 people come out to it which is like for that it's size room it's actually yeah. pretty good um, but like, it's been like dwindling down every single time uh, <laughs> and stuff. So like, I'm trying to like figure out like how to better market it and yeah. everything. But it's like, I don't know if you've been to the Violet Crown Clubhouse, but it is like uh-uh. kind of far up there and stuff. Like, where it's, is it? It's like next to Little Delhi, if you ever knew where that was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like pretty close to where I live also, or like near Lala's, the bar. <laughs> You know how far you had to drive <laughs> to come out here. But you didn't always live out here, did you? Or did you? I live mean, out here? it's been. No, I think I have, but I would go into town for shows, oh, but that doesn't okay. necessarily mean like, I know. You know the. Everything. Yeah, because I'm. Like, that, I would say it's like the. Like major street intersections. Yeah, like North Lamar okay. and um, like Justin Lane, sort of. I don't even know where that is. Yeah, it's. 183? Oh, um, further north. Less? It's like I guess it's like off of 183. Yes, okay. like you could get off of there through right. 183. The, Sorry, old, cap, like, the old Cap City. Yes, area. it's like cl- close to the old Cap okay. City area. All it's right. like maybe two miles away from there. Oh, I had no idea they were that far north, Violet Crown. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's why it's like a little mm. harder. I feel like sometimes to like get people, unless if you're yeah, getting these like North Austin folks. Yeah, that's who but, you have to hit up. Yeah, so I'm trying to. Um, I feel like people want to see comedy. Like sometimes they just like maybe don't know where to like that. Yeah. There's like smaller shows, which is why I should put it on Comedy Wham. <laughs> uh, Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Although Cold Town has been, they have a PR person that has been submitting shows, but I don't oh, think yeah. the Oh Wow show is on there. I don't think so either. Yeah. So I should, I should just submit yeah. it myself. And you yeah. can customize it so that it's first and third Fridays. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do one show at a time submission. You can do like once first and third of the month man richard it, is he is good. yeah he is very good mm-hmm. yeah he makes it super easy i mean people still still flub up every once in a while but you know for the most part he's made it pretty easy for especially awesome. the recurring shows that's really cool yeah. and you're yeah. doing the do 512 yeah okay, i'm doing the so do 512 help, yeah. and um which has been i think that's like probably the only thing that's helping and then i'm yeah. trying to like 
like I'm trying to also buy like ads on Facebook Mm. and Instagram to see if that's also any help, but I'm trying not to spend so much money on it because it's like I, if I get like 30 people, that's like the only way I like break even. So I've been like, to be honest, like paying out of pocket, like every show (laughs) and stuff, because I also bought like, I don't have like drink tickets there. So I buy every comic a drink out of my own pocket and stuff too. And then just because it's like, I feel like most shows, like you should at least get like a free drink and they do get paid also, but it's just like, I, I just feel like that's like the standard and stuff. Yeah. Especially if they do offer drinks there. So I just buy everybody drinks every time, but that also comes up to be like $50 tab and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I often think about, you know, how much, how much comics spend of their own money to put on a show. And it's kind of like, okay, so you're putting on a show to entertain yourself. Right. If you can't get those butts in the seats. Right. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, every time we've had, like, I've only done this show so far four times Mm -hmm. now. And then so, so far it's like, we've always, I'm just like always crossing my fingers for like 10 people. Like I just want at least 10 people (laughs) that are like going to laugh really hard and stuff. And then. Um, but I'm just like, I'm super excited for Coltown to like get a permanent space yeah. and everything. So I'm like trying to build this up because I'm like hoping that once they get their more permanent space, like they will like maybe pull me in and do something kind of like live at Coltown again. Like this might replace something like yeah. live at Coltown. Yeah. It's a great name too. It's so oh, much fun. Thanks. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, that's how, that's how I like, exactly how I like thought about it. Like, oh, wow. Nighttime is how I put it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know, well, we're going to get our serenade. So that's uh, our one-eyed cat who uh, transports a mouse from one end of the house to the other. So cute. Like he's, is it a him? Yeah, that's a him. Yeah. Yeah, He's been like cuddling like (laughs) up on my leg for like a while. And it's like very, very sweet. He's so sweet. Uh, He, he, I don't know if this says something about my boyfriend's toes, but he loves to lick my boyfriend's toes. Oh my God. So I was like, oh my God, did he lick your toes? No, but, (laughs) but I charge for that. So I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've got a bottle of champagne. (laughs) (laughs) I will take it. (laughs) So it sounds like your true love is stand up. Yeah, like true. I would say it's like stand up and it's also acting. Yeah. But it's like stand up is a lot more accessible than acting because like you could easily go out and like do a show or like an open mic. Whereas like for acting, it's like you need somebody to tell you that you could to go and do do the acting. And sometimes it's not even what you want to act in and stuff. And but it's like that's just like how you get paid. Like sometimes it's like. Like, I recently did, like, an audition where it's, like, I, like, had to, like, just open a jar of mayonnaise and sniff it for a while uh-huh. and stuff. And because it was, like, you have to really show that you love oh, mayonnaise. Gosh. And I'm just, like, man, like, even if I got this, like, I don't even, like, yeah. but it's, like, but they pay so well. Like, a lot of these, like, pay, like, a thousand, two thousand, like, or more yeah. dollars for, like, sniffing mayonnaise. <laughs> And stuff and then so but it's like but you're also competing with so many people yeah. that are also submit like it was really funny because like I had just submitted that audition and then I was taking like a voiceover acting class 
And then I saw that like my voiceover teacher had like was editing his mayonnaise sniffing <laughs> video also. And I was just like, we're submitting for the same oh things. And so I'm just like, if I'm submitting for this, like I'm like, there's probably way more people submitting for this also. Yeah. And then so it like was um, interesting. But I, I do like doing acting a lot. Like my dream is actually to like... My ultimate dream is like to star in my own like series that mm. like I created. Yeah. Like kind of like the Issa Rae Broad City route and stuff, yeah. which is why I've been like so obsessed with like making web series and stuff because like that's how like theirs took off and I'm like trying to like really submit this into festivals this time, mm-hmm. like a bunch of festivals and see if like somebody's interested in it to like b- actually build it into like a like you know, 20, 30 minute episodes and stuff. Like, so that's like the dream to like have that, have a writer's room and like, and like act in something that I like actually feel like I would, I actually would like to play like this character and stuff. Cause I, I wrote it, you know? (laughs) So, and then I would say like, but I would say stand up and acting are pretty like head tied head to head for, for this. Like I'm actually, my goal for next year is like I want to try to um, produce like my own um, like comedy album, and like and I'm setting a deadline for myself of like December first or whatever the Saturday is. Yeah. Because like right now I only have about 23 minutes of material, and then I would like to ideally have 45. So I was just like, if I make, if I set a deadline for myself, like I book out a venue, yeah, and everything, then like I would, like it would force me to like really hustle super hard yeah. to like write more, like get out more, and everything. So that's like after I'm finished filming my web series, like this year, that's like the plan for next year. Cause I was actually going to do it this year. And then I was just like, I'm too scared. I got like, I chickened out. Like, and then I was like, I feel less scared making a web series that is going to take up so much of my money. Like I'm actually taking out a loan from my 401k to fund this. Yeah. That's how I'm funding this. Wow. And then that's how much I am like wanting this to be like so good this time. Cause my first web series, like I did it with like a three person crew. It was like me, Dustin Swalik and, um, my ex-husband at the time was kind of like a PA. And then like my, my like best friend was like the producer on Uh it. And then Dustin did like lights, sound and um, filming and everything. So it was like, it was like a very bare bones crew. And like, I spent like, I think like six to $8,000 on it or something. And then I'm like tripling, quadrupling my budget this time. Are you not doing crowdsourcing or applying for grants? I just like, I feel like I, I am going to try to apply for some grants but like in terms of crowdsourcing, like I am still waiting to see like what my really big project is going to be because I feel like as like a, a human, you're only allowed to have like one crowdsourcing project <laughs> in your life. So it either has to be for a medical thing or like, or um, like a really big, big, big project yeah. that you're like really trying to fundraise for. And then you're never allowed to do one again because people will stop giving you money if you do too many. Okay. Can I, can I push back? Yeah. And tell you, I don't think that many people think that way. Really? Okay. That's, that's good to know because I was like, 
because people Has have told, told me. you that? Has I mean, no. I could be wrong, but it just seems like if you're an artist, people know the whole starving artist concept. Right, right. And yeah, the only like the only reason I feel kind of bad about it is like, even though like I like I make like a pretty decent salary because I work in IT. Mm-hmm and stuff and then but I like just I don't have any money (laughs) and stuff like because I'm constantly paying back like my credit cards or whatever (laughs) and stuff because I have like a very bad like spending habit oh and then I also send you back with that no no I I do have like a bad spending habit but it's like um but a lot of it is just because like I like don't um I don't cook at home Mm -hmm. I like have too many subscriptions to things like I buy like like buying clothes is like my big like mm. um like self-soothing thing that I do yeah and stuff because it's also this like big dopamine hit that I get like when the package comes and I like be, I'm very obsessive with like tracking it and everything uh-huh. and I get very excited like so I think it's just like a whole addiction yeah and I'm like I've like gone through like so many friends who have been trying to like counsel me in my finances and yeah. stuff so that's kind of why like I feel bad about like asking people for money because it's just like I'm just bad with my money yeah and then but I also am like I'm about to take out enough money to um that would be more than enough for a down payment for a house and then (laughs) so like it's like how much I'm planning to spend on this like web series and I'm just like and then I'm just like this is why I'm like sometimes like I either feel like really different from my friends or that I like went to college with and everything because all of them are homeowners and like they're starting to have kids like out of my entire sorority pledge class like I am the only person that actually doesn't have kids and isn't married anymore and then so it's like it's just kind of like um I'm just like you guys are having babies and I'm like investing all my money like my retirement funds into this like web series that I call my baby and stuff. So it's just like, we have such like different priorities in our life and stuff. And sometimes it makes me feel bad. I'm, I, I don't do this all the time, but I'm going to offer some advice. Okay. Because I think one of the perks that you may be overlooking to the crowds funding is your fans want to support you. Yeah. And even if you're kind of feeling a little angst about, I don't you know, I may have a financial issue with how I spend my money, mm-hmm. then don't ask for a whole bunch. Right. Just yeah. give a chance for your fans to pitch in a little bit. Yeah. It's still going to take, you know, some money off of the total cost right. that you're going to invest. Yeah. And it'll give your fans a chance to, you know, be involved That's true. and support. And that is really true. So that's yeah. my. My free advice. Yeah. Take no, it or leave it. I don't no, care. <laughs> I, that's what like my other like directors have all suggested. Like mm. you should really look into crowdfunding <laughs> this and stuff. And I'm like, but what if I have a medical emergency one day? And then, well, like, you know, we can't predict the that's future. That's true. That's true. That's what insurance is for. That's ideally. It, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't even know if my insurance is good because like I've, <laughs> Like, well, let's not find out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to do that little intermission part, even though we're like all nearly at an hour uh, and oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't have anything going on, but I, I love this card game. This okay. where should we begin? I don't yeah. even use it as a game, uh-huh. but I've been using it in, in the, the podcast and you have two cards in front of you. Choose one, read it out loud and go from there. Okay. 
Okay. Oh man. <laughs> these are these are rough. Okay. I wish I would have spoken up when Ooh. Oh my gosh. Like there's so many things for oh, sure. I I'm bet. trying to think. I'm trying to think like what mm. Oh man. I wish I would have spoken up when Oh, man, I really don't know because there's like certain things I want to say, but then I'm like, oh, but what if they listen to this episode? <laughs> and then, um, like, okay, maybe I'll just do it more like a general, is it sure. okay if I generalize I, something? Yeah. Okay, so like when I've been looking for directors recently, um, I've been... Like a, like I said, like I sometimes have a hard time saying no to people. So like, like one of the directors, like they um, presented like a idea to me, and I was kind of like, I don't know if that aligns with my vision for like the web series and stuff. But like they were so passionate about it, and they seemed so sure of themselves about it. And I also like liked this person a lot as a person, so I I like wanted to work with them. Yeah. So like instead of saying like let me take some time to myself and like think like think about it like really sit with like this gut feeling that I have that this isn't right yeah. like this isn't what I want to do I was just like you're hired <laughs> like I just told <laughs> oh them God, on the no. spot I know and then so what ended up having to happen was like I had to like I like met up with like some I had I already I also had like other appointments with like other directors mm -hmm. that I was like not um, like I was planning to cancel because I was like, I guess I already hired somebody. I don't want to waste their time. But then my boyfriend was like, I think you should still meet up with them just because like, yeah. you don't know if they had come prepared with like a lot of stuff also. And, um, and just like, like see what they have to say and, and everything, just like if anything to build connections and, um, like meet other people yeah. that do this. And then, so I was like, okay. And then I was like, I went and met up with some other directors and it was just like, my mind was just like blown and I was just blown away. I was just like, I was like, you, like one person in particular was like, you have exactly what I think I want to do. And then it's like, and all of like, like he already started put together together like shot lists and things. And he would give me like examples from like other movies and films that he mm -hmm. would pull and be like, okay, this is how I would want this scene to look and this scene to look. And then he also even started scoring music because he like is a musician. And then, so he started like making songs for like the title credit and the end credits. Oh, wow. And I was just so impressed. And I was just like, I, but I like learned my lesson and I was like, okay, I'm going to wait. And then I had to send like a very hard email to like the person I said like, yes to. And I should have, I feel like I should have spoken up at that moment and said like I don't know if this is like really what I had envisioned yeah. and then like I I just felt like like it took me a week and a half to finally dra draft that email and send it because I was so scared to send it because I was like really afraid that it would like ruin our friendship and everything and that was like what I was absolutely terrified of yeah um and like I don't know like he ended up responding and was like very kind about it, which was nice. Um, but I still like 
feel so uncomfortable, like having even had to send that email and everything. But I knew that if I, like, it was just eating at me, like the whole time that I was just like, did I make a mistake and everything? And then, um, like, it was just like, like I like couldn't really sleep very well. And it was just like bothering me every single night. And then, so I was like, I feel like it's going like, as we are filming this, like, I'm just not going to be happy with or proud of it and stuff. And then, so I was just like, I have to say something. And And you did. Yeah. So I did eventually speak up, but I wish that I, I should have done it earlier, like just followed my own gut reaction or at least have said, like, give me some time to process this. Right. Yeah. So that's what I learned. Yeah. yeah. Well, for your big, you know, first very big project, you know, you're going to learn some, some yeah. lesson, life lessons about how the, yes. the process goes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, cut yourself some slack. Yeah, that's true. So um, I uh, learned a lot. So <laughs> I am like learning so much in therapy, like how to say no. Yeah. And also like, um, like just like I talked about this situation like with my therapist and she was actually like very proud of me because I finally like did something that was like uncomfortable for myself yeah yeah so yeah avoiding conflict is like the best but then it just inevitably right it gets you I know exactly so So, yeah yeah all right well I'm curious what the other one says and I might you should do oh oh my gosh yeah, so I, I thought it might be fun because nobody listens to this podcast, Yola. I mean, that's, no, that's not true. I mean, some people. I'm not at JRE levels of listenership. Uh, not that I necessarily want to be, but uh, no, I'm no. trying new things. Yeah. And so you had two cards. You chose from one, and let's see if I can answer this. The person who intimidates me the most. Ooh. Oh. Um. Gosh. Uh, there's not a lot of people that intimidate me, but I am willing to bet it is one of my two roommates. Oh. <laughs> uh, my mom or my son. I don't know which one is worse. Uh, I think it might be my son. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, he's he's had a, a tough life. Right. And uh, as a parent, you feel a lot of guilt. And yeah. And you want to make a good life for them. Right. And sometimes I am not the best parent. I try to do a good job, but if I don't do a good job, then he's going to call me out on it because he's a very blunt and direct person. That is actually very good. I know. It's going to get him in the ass at some point, (laughs) but I love that about him. Yeah. And that also shows that you guys have like a very good relationship that he could actually even call out like certain things because like I could never have, I never would have been able to do that with my parents. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I think that shows that you do do good parenting yeah. and stuff. So you should give yourself a pat on the back for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm supposed to do this little card thing in the middle of the episode. We were just talking about this big project you're taking on. And you have now picked a director. Sort of. I'm still waiting to hear back from one more director. And then um, she's in the process of reading my scripts right now. And I mean, like, it would be 
amazing if I got to work with her because she would be like the dream mm. director because she's like actually like credited and established and oh, everything nice. and stuff. And then so like I'll like tell you who it is like after the podcast <laughs> and stuff. But like like she, like I would if she said she wants to direct it, I would be like I'd be floored. And then so I would probably go with her yeah. if that is the case. Um, but like with the other director, like I just so the only thing with him that I actually the one I really like is he actually doesn't have true directing experience, mm -hmm. but he is so hungry like to like to do this and learn and yeah. he wants to really be a director. And then so like he I've like he's like reading filmmaking books and he's like doing all this like research and background wow. work for this. Like he's just like very involved in it. Like I'm actually meeting up with him tonight because he's going to help me like rewrite the script and do edits for it too, because he just wants to be involved in this like somehow. And then, so I was just like, this is like super kind. And it's like, it's a catch 22. You go with yeah. a hungry person who's eager to make it be as successful as possible. Right. Or go with somebody that you know, having yeah. that credit. Right. Exactly. going to be good for you. Right. Yeah. Ooh. So I, I really like, I'm just waiting to see if the other director is even interested yeah. because like I've had some people that I've like sent my script to and they were like ghosted me after her oh. words and stuff and then I was just like okay you could have just told me that you didn't want to and stuff but maybe this is better yeah yeah, yeah. oh interesting how long of a, a series how many episodes and it's the... um six episodes long and it's gonna be about like it's about 42 or 45 pages so it's about gonna be like 45 minutes long oh yeah um so people have like suggested um for like festival wise, like if it would be a good idea to like put this all into one episode or something mm. like to make it into like a short film or, um, or just like we do it episodic, like yeah. we were planning to and stuff. Yeah. But I think I might have like two versions so I could submit it to mm. like two different things and stuff because it does actually read and flow like a, a true story, yeah. which I was like surprised that I was actually able to write because like. I've like written a bunch of pilots before and stuff, but I, the thing that I get stuck on is like, I don't know what to do for episode two. Mm. And then, so my hope is that like, if my pilot ever gets picked up for something that, and people want to make it, then I would have like a writer's room yeah. that would like help out with this yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's so easy to think you're watching a TV show. If watching the first episode and you're like, Oh, this is so great. I could do this. And then you're like, yeah, but you have to write a dozen or, right. you know, and yeah. then write seasons of it. And it's like, oh my gosh. I know. I just like don't even know how to do that. So like this, the fact that like I actually wrote something that was episodic, yeah. like truly episodic this time, I was just like, okay, good job, Yola. Yeah. <laughs> like you did it. <laughs> like finally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you seem to like go after incremental next steps yeah. next levels mm -hmm. for yourself let's say this all goes without a hitch mm -hmm. you get it under your belt you've got the album that you've set a goal for yourself yeah. for the the end of next year yeah what's 2024's goal i have no idea maybe <laughs> i'll finally rest like, oh. <laughs> i like i truly don't know like i um there's a part of me that is like, do I want to stay in Austin and like maybe buy a house here and 
like that be my next goal and maybe set roots down, like yeah. finally set roots down because like I like never expected to stay in Austin this long. Like huh. I thought I was going to move after a year and I was going to move back to Seattle to be back home with my family and friends. And then I just ended up loving it here so much that I just like, every time I go back to Seattle, like I do like seeing my friends and family, but I like, if I'm there too long, I get super depressed. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's just because like I need my own space so much. And then, so maybe it would be different if I had like my own apartment, if I was like back in Seattle and like trying to build reestablish my life there but all my friends like have kids and it's like harder to like meet up with them now and everything and then it's just like it just also feels like we're at completely different paths in life now and then it's like even in our group chats like I'm like the only person that like they're talking about like oh yeah like I had to get a c-section oh my god you (gasps) didn't use any like an (sighs) epidural at all like all this like stuff and I'm just like I can't relate to any of this and then so It's just, like, that's what they all, like, they're, like, oh, like, I want to talk more about this. Like, we should get together and talk about this. And I'm, like, I'm not going. And, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So it's just been, like, that's been a little harder. Um, Yeah, that's just been a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. Since you said you came to Austin in 2011? Mm -hmm. Uh, 2012. Oh, okay. No, 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 sorry. Um, I I started comedy in 2011, and then I moved to Austin in 2014. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you the, and I and I saw you perform several times before the pandemic. So I, I knew knew who you were, and now we're post pandemic, and the comedy scene is so radically different. Right. Um, does that affect how you feel about comedy and how you feel about Austin and whether or not you want to stay or yeah? Or go? No, I mean like seeing. Seeing people like, um, uh, I'm trying to think like who, like Casey Shornima, Mm -hmm. like seeing her like thriving here, like going to Just for Laughs. And then um, there's like, she has some like more exciting news that I can't say and stuff like that. But like, um, but it's like just the fact that she's like succeeding here. Like she moved here from Tennessee yeah. and then um, she's like quickly climbed the ladder here yeah. and everything. I had and then no idea like, that she was in Austin. Like yeah. I didn't know her, her before, mm-hmm. but I, I found out from the JFL thing. Yeah. Like, she's from Austin. Mm-hmm. What the hell? How did I miss her? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's really, really great. And um, it was like kind of like, Cause I helped her out with something recently, like taping an audition. And then, so we were like talking and then I just like left being like, that could happen for somebody living in Austin. And it's probably because like she did JFL and everything. And like, you just get opportunities like that afterwards. But it was just like very, it was like very cool to see like, um, and like people are able to get to like do late night from here and everything like with like Maggie and, um, I don't know who else, like, I know other people have done late night recently too, but it's just like, like, I do feel like a lot of people are also moving here and stuff. Mm. And like people have found more success coming to Austin than they did in like their hometowns, I think like, because like there is just like a, like such a opportunity to like get your name out there either with like FPIA or, um, I guess like 
the Tony Hinchcliffe show or something. <laughs> like, yes. you know, like they're like, and then it seems like more comics are coming out here and moving out here too and stuff. So, but I just feel like the acting jobs like aren't really here. Yeah. And then so like, but I also wonder like if I can't book anything while I'm here in Austin and I'm in like a smaller pond, mm-hmm. like how can I expect to like book anything like in like LA or yeah. something where I'm like competing with like so many people that like look like me are like way prettier than me, like have more skills than me and stuff like that. Like, like, cause I feel like sometimes like as like an Asian performer, like, like, cause I've had friends that like have like taken up like martial arts and kickboxing, like as like Asian performers and stuff, because they're like trying to train for these, like, so they could put it on their resume that like, I know, I know this because it's like, um, like I've auditioned for like, uh, I auditioned for like the live action Mulan and like, I like couldn't do anything and stuff. And then so it like, but they were, I think really looking for like a certain look, like for a lot of these roles, like they're looking for a certain look Mm. and, and everything. And, but if you could also like fight and stuff like that plays like a huge, that gives you a huge boost up also because then, but like, um, I know people that like start, you know, still get like stunt training and everything. So you do get to learn after that, but like, you know, I might just like not be like very castable in a way because like, I do feel like I'm not like skinny enough and like, I, um, like, I just feel like my self tapes, like maybe aren't that good Mm. or something. So I'm, I am trying to like figure out like, what can I do to make myself like more sellable Mm. and, and everything. So I'm like, but like losing weight is very hard. <laughs> like it's so hard. And it does not get easier as you age oh, either. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I just like, I like, I keep telling myself like, I need to eat better, but then I'm like so stressed out. All I want is like comfort food yeah. and stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you, you talk about that because as a movie goer and, you know, consumer of all sorts of TV shows, like, to me, it seems like there's always a wave in what's in as far as yeah. the acting look. And it feels like as we've become more aware of, of the Asian American influence and other influences that there's definitely a stronger note of diversity yeah. in the casts yes. of the shows that I see. And it's not just, you know, making sure I've filled in the box of, of the black actor, the Asian actor, right. but actors of different sizes. Yeah. And, you know, you have amazing performers like Lizzo and Megan the, Megan the Stallion, who just yeah. dropped an album. I want to listen to it. I haven't yet. Uh, who are normalizing yeah. size. Right. And, I mean, come on, how many of us are size two? Right. Hardly exactly. any of us. Exactly. And so... That's so true. That's what we should be watching on TV, too. It's like right. that's... Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of, like, hoping for, because, like, there, I have, like, all this, like, I feel this internal pressure to have to, like, lose weight before filming my web series, Mm. but then there's also a part of me that's, like, I'm, like, a pretty average American size, and maybe people, like, I feel like there's not enough, like, mid-size, like, women out there and stuff, so part of me is, like, maybe it's actually a good thing to, like, have this representation of, like, me not being the stick-thin more curvy than like most people and stuff. Um, 
and maybe like people would actually like seeing that, you know? Yeah. And then so like maybe I don't have to kill myself by going to Orange Theory every morning. <laughs> and, and, you should do that if it makes you feel good and if you enjoy, you know. I, I'm trying to because it does like mentally help me yeah. a little bit. But like all, all my meetings start at 7 a.m. now Ooh. and stuff. And then so like I if I am trying to make it before that, like I have to literally do the 5 a.m. class. Ooh. And I guess I could try to do it after work yeah. and everything, but I just haven't done, I haven't like, like shifted my schedule to yeah. that yet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like I've been trying to just figure out like, how do I want to portray myself like in this series, yeah. like as like an honest woman or like somebody who like had to starve herself for yeah. like months to do this. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be under so much stress as it is. Yeah, that's true. I'm yeah. team. Just be who you are. I know I should be healthy be- for the sake of being healthy for yourself. Yeah. But you know, don't try to fit into the size zero pants. Right. Just because and, yeah. you and think I, your audience wants to see that. They want to see Yola. That's true. That's true. And you're, right. you're going to love your project even more if you're... Yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. That's the second piece of advice I've just dropped on you. I feel like I should be paying you money <laughs> for these this session. You brought me gifts. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You just moved into a beautiful house. Oh, my gosh. Like, you need a housewarming gift. Wow. Well, that was very sweet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, is there something we have not talked about that you want to talk about? Something else you'd like me to share my unsolicited advice? On? <laughs> no, um, I don't. I don't think so. Like I think I touched on everything that I've like really wanted to touch on. Yeah. Yeah. Unless if you have any other like questions, but uh, we could go through a little rapid fire thing. Oh. Um, what do you love about being a performer? Um, I love being able to, um, try to connect with uh, the audience at any sort of level. Um, I've been having more and more people like, because I've been talking about like, like my divorce, my miscarriage and all this stuff. Like I've started like putting it into my jokes and like a lot of people will come up to me afterwards, like after shows and be like, I relate to that so much. And so, like, um, being able to feel like I could connect with people yeah. on, like, more of a personal level is kind of nice. Yeah. So, like, that's that's what I like most about being a performer. What do you like least? Um, I feel like, um, like, comp- comparing yourself with other people uh. is probably, and that's something that I just need to, like, work on with myself. But, like, I can't help but, like, to be, like oh my gosh, like, I'm never going to get this. Like, I'm never going to be able to do this and stuff like that. And then, so, um, that, that is definitely kind of hard to like always be comparing yourself to like other people. Yeah. 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 Especially when you dabble in everything like you do, not dabble, but when you pursue, you know, stand up, improv, your, your troupe, acting, Mm -hmm. writing. Yeah. I mean, you're... (laughs) It it would be tolerable if you just did one of those things, mm-hmm. but you know, in each of those those respective arts, yeah. there's like comparison is and like the rejection is hard too, and everything like submitting to festivals and then like either for stand up or writing competitions, and then like your videos for your web series and stuff, and yeah. then just like the constant rejection of everything yeah. <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Uncomfortable, the web series, is hilarious. So hopefully people will check that, that out at yeah. least. And then, you know, yeah. your, your next one. Yeah, people will for sure. Watch. Yeah. I, like, debated if I wanted to do, like, a true season two of Uncomfortable uh-huh. because, like... They're like, it's not like my YouTube is like popping or whatever, but I like did one of the episodes did hit a million views on YouTube. And then like, um, I have like over, over a thousand subscribers on the channel and stuff. So part of me is like, this, this is people who want to see it and, and everything. And then, so I was like, should I just like keep it going or, or something? But I think like, I'm more excited about this, like this whole new series. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess it just like will have to get build its own fan base and stuff yeah Yeah. okay unsolicited advice number three i've heard somebody else say this on the podcast and i've observed it with our youtube channel because i our podcasts are posted to youtube as audio Mm. only yeah but i use this app that uh basically creates a short video from Mm. and it's not action it's just it a short audio clip from that epi- full episode yeah. and it posts as a short and some of them get like tens of views. No, they get, some of them get into the hundreds of views. Wow. And I heard somebody else recently on a podcast saying shorts is where it's at. Really? Yeah. So you could, I mean, I don't know if you have to go back to Dustin and I know Dustin is extraordinarily busy, Yeah. but you maybe could get somebody to help you take little tiny, like 10, 15 second snippets yeah. of your uncomfortable series yeah. just to keep it mm-hmm. going that's and true. Sub- have them be yeah. shorts. And I think you're, you'd get views. Yeah, that's true. That's actually a really good idea. Like, cause I do feel like I made something like really good even cause that was the first thing I've ever made. Oh, yeah, and, it's really yeah. good. And then so it was like, I like didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't connected in the film community yeah. and everything. But it's just like, I like will sometimes like go on like college tours and I'll like, like present one of the videos and stuff like that. Like the d- Dirty Dishes one is like my most, like, I feel like it's my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. So I present that one and people like see, love it. Like they laugh and they like come up to me afterwards and they might not have liked my standup, but they liked the... <laughs> They liked the show, uh-huh. the short and everything. And then like somebody, one person even, there was a company for um, this month's like, this year's like Asian American Heritage Month. Uh-huh. Like they reached out to me and they were like, Do you, can we stream an episode of your web series at our company event? We'll pay you a thousand dollars to just stream it. And then I was like, dude, you could have done this for free. On, <laughs> it's on YouTube. And But I was like sure <laughs> like because they're being respectful of the right. artist yeah and... which was like so crazy because yeah. i was just like i was just like i never would have expected like this ser- this because that's like me finally making some money because i'm not doing ads on my yeah. series which because i have been too lazy to figure out how to set that up <laughs> but like but it is like really nice like yeah. to be paid for your work and stuff yeah, yeah. so i was just like like, this is just the beginning, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. 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 No, it was very good. I'm going to have to watch The Dirty Dishes because I did watch the one that I think, the the bathroom one, mm-hmm. which I think is yeah. the, the one the, that- The million we, one. Yeah. Because I think there's poop fetishes people <laughs> that are like really into it. Because like, if you look at the comments, it's like people literally putting timestamps of like when I fart and stuff on it yeah or like sit on the toilet it's very very creepy and i'm just like i'm just like i've like tapped into this like fan base that i don't want (laughs) (laughs) 
it's like weird like i still will get like really weird comments on it sometimes oh my gosh yeah oh wow well i watched other ones and they were just as good thank you yeah i guess they didn't hit the finish yeah uh, audience (laughs) okay well i have one more closing question Mm -hmm. and it is one word to describe your future oh man um one word to describe my future um I would say optimistic. Like, I feel like things are coming. My, like, start, like, doors are starting to slowly open for Mm me. And um, I'm, like, even though, like, my path might not look the same as, like, everybody else's path and stuff, like, I am, like, you know, trying to figure out, like, how to do this just like everybody else. And, um, like, I feel like opportunities have been, like, happening for me and, um, it's just like sometimes like slower than I would like it to be, but, um, I am making some progress and, uh, I'm proud of myself. So I would say like, I'm pretty optimistic about the future. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Yola Lou. Yola, tell us where we can find you, promote all of these amazing projects. Yeah, um, the best place to see my updates would be on my Instagram at Yola J. Lou. And then I also have a website, which is YolaLouComedy.com. And then you could find, um, when I do update my calendar, you can find all my shows <laughs> on there, uh, which I'm going to do after this. <laughs> Um, but you can find all my shows on there and you could also find things like my acting reel, um, other short sketches that I've done on there as well. Okay. Fantastic. And your show is? Um, Oh Wow Nighttime. Um, it is the first and third Saturdays of every single month at the Violet Crown Clubhouse. It's a different, um, up lineup every month. And I try to book the most diverse, um, lineups as I can, um, we usually have just one white person, one white guy for diversity. And, <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> so, so that's how we try to do it there. Yeah. Very good. I love it. Yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Yola got to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham Presents Yola Lou. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Yola. Thank you. Thank you so much.